0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you guys today discussing the words of Christ's chosen leaders. So let's get right into it. Today, we are talking about other Ahmed S. Corbett's talk. Do you know why I, as a Christian, believe in Christ? Um, And as always, I encourage you to listen to and or listen or read this talk um before you come listen to me talk about it so you can get your own impressions and inspirations promptings that sort of thing um, this talk all starts with a story he tells about um he was sitting on a bus from new jersey to new york city or sorry home to new jersey from new york city and the woman sitting next to him, um, he was doing something on his laptop, and she realized that he was a Christian, something that he was doing, whatever he was writing. And he was just kind of chatting with her, and he asked this question that was, is, the, is the title of his talk, Do you know why I as a Christian believe in Christ? And I want you to just think about that. That was my first question for you. Why do you believe in Jesus Christ? I thought that was such an interesting way to phrase it and to, like, it wasn't her that asked, right? It's like, why do you believe in Christ? He's like, do you want to know why I believe in Christ? And also just, like, It's a good introspective question, right? Why do I believe in Jesus Christ? Um, I believe in Jesus Christ (laughs) because of all the experiences that I've had of him changing my life and of saving me really, truly, literally, right? Of just... The absolute love, and I don't know something about like I remember the last episode we were talking about, um, you know, things that can only come from divine guidance, from divine intervention, and there have been so many times in my life where I've thought only God could have orchestrated that, that perfectly. Only God could have done that for me. And that's why I believe in Jesus Christ. He starts talking about how... Um, see, I had one of those moments where I had a lot of different things blown my mind. And I was you know, the first time I was going to explain the why of Christianity to someone who was very unfamiliar with it and very intelligent. And he's like, I couldn't very, I hadn't, I couldn't say kind of the, like, I followed Jesus Christ because he willingly suffered and died for my sins. Because he was like, she's going to ask, why did Jesus have to die? Why couldn't God just save us? Um, and so he's like, how would you do that? How would you have responded in a few minutes to that? How would you explain that to your friend? And... Um, so he which is like a really good question right like i think i actually just had this conversation with my husband's uncle um we were a family reunion he was like why did jesus christ have to die i mean he was talking about as like starting a discussion he's also a member of the church and so you know things that he had studied and the things that he had come across all that stuff and it's an interesting thing to think about right like why did why did jesus christ have to die why couldn't God just snap his fingers and, yeah, you know, we would all be saved, right? He's God. He can do whatever he wants. Um, and so he goes into this very beautiful, like, explanation of this. He talks about how um, that we have a spirit and a body and that the God is the father of our spirits. And that we we He kind of goes through the entire plan of salvation, and it's interesting because most of his footnotes are. Uh, I think it was his. Let me make sure. Most of his footnotes, yeah, uh, footnote back to lesson two in Krishna Gospel The Plan of Salvation. Um, and so that was really interesting. That's most of where he got this from. Um, that we lived with God before, that because he loves us, he made a plan for us to come to earth and to get a body and to have a family and then to return to him and live a life with our families, um, but that we would face two things, right? Physical death, the separation of our body and our spirit, which is kind of unfortunate. We're supposed to, we're trying to be like him who has a body, right? Mm-hmm. And spiritual death, which we are separated from God because of the mistakes that we're making. Because we're in this fallen world for a reason. Like, we have to be... He calls it a... What, did he, what does he call this? Um, oh, where's the... He has a phrase. It was like, necessary... A necessarily fallen world or something like that but it was like it had to be fallen right we had to make mistakes so that we could learn from them and become like him learn and grow that's the whole reason we're here we talked about that last episode that God loves us and wants us to be happy but he also knows that our growth and our learning comes from our trials and the things that we go through in this life um. And so there had to be, because of this, because we we're going to make mistakes, there's the eternal law of justice, right? That we have to pay for our sins, that there's a an eternal law, that there, that's how it works. <laughs> and if we didn't, we wouldn't be able to go back to his presence because we... Um, had made mistakes and were not clean and and because there was the adversary um, and because God is God then there had to be somebody with infinite godly power to also overcome all of the opposition and all of the obstacles to save us and so the good, the gospel, the good news, the good tidings of great joy, was that Christ did come. He had to suffer, and die, and rise again um, to to finish out this plan, to make sure this plan worked, right, so that we could do all this stuff: have a body, go to earth, um, learn and grow through trials, and and make mistakes and sin, and then also. be saved from all of that to die also right but to be saved from all of that to get our body back and to be saved to repent as well um and so that that the plan would work we would have the opportunity to sorry (laughs) or like in an apartment building, and I'm not used to that, so they're like people walking, and I'm not sure where they are. Um, but yeah, so this, this plan would work, we would have we would be able to go back and live with God again and live with the rest of our families, and that He gives us steps, He gave us the doctrine of Christ. Um, so the doctrine of Christ is basically the fourth, um. Article of faith, right? Faith in Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism, gift of the Holy Ghost, and enduring to the end. Those are the steps that He has given us to help us to get through this crazy world. Um, and then He shares some quotes from it's from President Nelson, Elder Uchtdorf, um, and Elder Renlund about the. kind of the power of the doctrine of Jesus Christ um, and I'm going to read this quote really quick he says the doctrine of Christ empowers those who are struggling or feel they don't believe they don't belong in the church because it helps them as Elder D. Todd Chris stated affirm Jesus Christ died for me and loves me and I think that um If it's in this one, I believe it's the next talk. So, next episode, we'll talk about this a little bit more as well. But that is conversion, right? You can kind of coast on somebody else's testimony, right? You can, your parents, when you're young, your parents say, Oh, Jesus Christ died for you, Jesus loves you. But in having your own experiences, seeing that firsthand for yourself in your life or seeing it work in other people's lives, like actually seeing it, um, that is conversion. And that is not just that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and he died for everyone's sins, but also Jesus Christ is my Savior and he died for me. He is my older brother. He loves me. He walks with me every day. Um, that's a very different statement, right? Not better or worse, but like important, right? To also know that not only did Jesus die for the world, he died for, he died for you. He died for you specifically. I uh, taught you know, my young woman uh, a couple weeks ago about this. Um, the question of the week was how can Jesus Christ help me change? and I had so many thoughts going into this, I talked about this a couple episodes ago so many thoughts so many plans, so many promptings so many like, just a lot of stuff going on in my head and I was kind of worried about it because I was like man, what do I actually talk about? What do, I, what do how do I boil this down so that I can t- you know, teach this in, in 40 minutes? And have them have try to have them have to facilitate a spiritual conversation, to facilitate a spiritual environment, so that maybe they can get something out of this. And it had crossed my mind sitting in—I was sitting in a sacrament meeting, going through all of my notes and stuff, preparing. It crossed my mind to read Alma seven eleven, and I was like, "It's kind of off topic. Like, it's not said anything anywhere in the." Like it's fine This that's weird but like I'll keep it in my back pocket if there's extra time that I need to fill and as we were starting the lesson and then got the ball rolling and was doing stuff we were talking about kind of the pressure the the fear the anxiety that comes around the word like goals and change and repentance This like they, they, they feel really big they feel massive um the you know commandment to be perfect to even even like oh striving to be like Jesus Christ this perfect person right how daunting that can be how overwhelming that can be and that's when it clicked and it was like you need to read Alma 7 Eleven and so we did we pulled it out and it ended up working out perfectly by the way um We out Alma 7 11, and 11, and that talks about, uh, I think we did 11 and 12, possibly. Alma 7 is a great like general conference talk of the Book of Mormon about the Atonement, and that's what it talks about. Christ will suffer all infirmities, like he suffers our sins, but also all infirmities and afflictions. He went, may know how to succor his people. And succor just needs to help to, to run to, um, so that not only did he suffer our sins, but also all of our hardships and our pain so that we can know, he could know what we're going through at any given moment, right? He is supposed to be our mediator. And so knowing what it feels like for us to be anxious in a situation, he can then turn, you know, as our mediator and say, you know, she may have made this really horrible like decision in the moment, but this is what was going through her head this was her intent, this was kind of, he knows everything, he knows us better than we know ourselves, and that was something that I absolutely definitely learned as a missionary, was how the atonement applied to me, and like why it was so important that Christ suffered and died for me, was so that not only that I could repent, which is obviously a big deal, but also that I had somebody in my corner that knew exactly what was going through my head at any given moment. And that's given me a lot of peace and a lot of joy. Um, knowing that, knowing that Christ is my savior. And that was something that I really loved. Part of the lesson was I was able to look at every girl, we only had four girls <laughs> in the lesson, the class that day, of summer, so everybody's off doing whatever. But I was able to look at every single girl and say, you know what? He knows you and he, I call them each by name. You know, he knows me, he knows Kaitlyn. He knows why I'm grumpy today or why it was hard for me to sleep last night or why I made that terrible mistake to get whatever for dinner or whatever, right? Like he knows me. And that is so powerful and important. And so sorry. There is like so much, <laughs> so much noise. I hope that you can't hear that. Like somebody started the, the washer and dryer next door. Anyway, um, so he talks about um, his wife. Talk. He talks about his wife and him recently visiting the wilderness where Moses held up the serpent of, of brass. Um, you know. To remind you of the story, there were um, poisonous snakes that people had been bit by, and they were dying because of this poison. And Moses held up the serpent of brass on a, like, a staff and promised mm-hmm. that they would be healed if they would simply look at it. And there were a lot of people who didn't. They thought that was. Too simple, or it was weird, or it was silly, or whatever, right? And they died. The people who looked on it lived, and that has been, you know, equated to um, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. That we have this thing. We have the Book of Mormon. We have the scriptures. We have a road map, basically, and we have Christ to look to. And if we will only look to Him, then we'll be saved. And He says this um, whatever the bites or poison or struggles we experience in this mortal wilderness let us not be as those who anciently and presently could have been healed but sadly would not look because they did not believe that it would heal them and so that's my question my uh, second question is what are you doing to apply the doctrine of Jesus Christ in your life um, again that's faith repentance Baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost, and during to the end, you know how are you doing those things? This was a big um, theme for our, our stake. The last state conference has all been about the doctrine of Christ and living the doctrine of Christ. That it's not a checklist. You're not just like, oh, I have faith, check. I have repented, check. I've been baptized, check. Right? You do all of those things. You have faith. Continually, You repent continually. You're technically only baptized once, but you partake of the sacrament every week. You only get the Holy Ghost once, but you listen to it all the time. And enduring to the end is just doing all of those things over and over again. And as you go around that circle, faith, repentance, baptism, or other covenants, right? Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, listening to the Holy Ghost, then you kind of start all over. The Holy Ghost confirms things and your faith grows and you want to repent. And it goes around and around and every time you go around that circle, you get a little bit better. You have a little bit more faith. You repent a little bit better. Um, you follow your covenants or make new covenants. And you get an abundance of the Holy Ghost in your life. So what are you already doing? What are you already doing? This is something I asked last time as well. Um, but I, I didn't want to ask, like, what could you do? This, this was something, as I was reading these two talks, that question kept coming back of like not 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 what can you do, but but what are you already doing to follow the doctrine of Jesus Christ in your lives? What are you doing to look to Jesus and to be healed? Um. And he buried his testimony of how important, how amazing it was for him to to bear his testimony to that woman on the bus, and the connections that he made, and. It's hard, I think. Like, I don't think I would have that uh, bravery, I guess. That courage to, like, ask somebody. Even if they started the conversation about, like, religion and stuff. I don't know if I would have had... I I don't know if I would have thought to be like, Hey, do you want to know why I believe in Christ? Right? Like, but there are so many ways that we can bear our testimony of Christ, bear our testimonies of the gospel, and even if we don't talk about the church, or we don't mention Jesus or God, or anything like that, ever, like there are ways to show people what we believe, and show and tell through gospel words or not gospel words, by, by being there for people and through our actions and our deeds um, so yeah to, so to recap the questions <laughs> uh, why do you believe in Jesus Christ and what are you doing to apply the doctrine of Christ in your life and then as for further study footnotes 5 and 6, both of them are really long and there was kind of extra like commentary that I thought was really interesting and then a couple of um, talks are the ones that he quotes from uh, Pure Truth, Pure Doctrine, and Pure Revelation from October 2021 uh, by President Nelson Jesus Christ is the Strength of Youth which is from last conference last November 2022 um, Lifelong Conversion of Missionaries it's an address given to mission leadership I'm not sure where you could find that but I'm sure you could it's by uh, Del G. Renland the Doctrine of Belonging, also from November 20, or October 2022 uh, by D. Todd That one was one of my favorite talks from last conference. And then Love, Share, and Invite from April of 2022, so April of last year. So that one I will also have a, an episode on by Gary E. Stevenson. So three of the four of those I had episodes on. Two of them are on YouTube, too. one of them is not. It's just an epi- as a podcast But if you're looking for kind of extra things to study in conjunction with this talk, absolutely go and and, and, uh, check those out. That's all I've got for you guys today, uh, thank you again, as always, for listening and or watching. As always, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, at General Conference Conversations. Um, And you can always please email me, message me, comment review whatever i love hearing from you guys and hearing your thoughts and opinions and stories um makes me really happy so all that i'll put in the show notes you can find me and i will talk to you all next time